Hey, DCAST listeners, this is Trevor Twining from Niagara Podcasters Network. If you want other local Made in Niagara podcasts, then head over to Niagara Podcasters Network. Our hosts are sharing stories and podcasts that are made for Niagara and by Niagara. Hope to see you there. You can find us at niagarapodcasters.org. Mr. Derek Veenhoff. He's better known as Deke. Drinking liquor with DJ Deke, we out laughing. Yeah, Deke. all this i didn't do uh i mixed it all together but uh my friend produced that actual piano thing and i did the intro thing with all the little those are like clips from some songs we'd produced where there if the guy's shouting out my name i was like that's pertinent and then another song the guy's shouting out my name perfect and the first part is my buddy who i was on the radio once uh, jacob bergsman had me on the am radio talking about local hip-hop so he's like, on am yeah am come on what does am stand for i forget Amplified something? Amplified. I don't know. These are these like simple things about life that nobody... I guess there's no point to know what AM stands for example. It's this kind of useless fact. I'm going to say Amplified. Sure. So- sounds like it starts with an A, so... It sounds about right. That was good. That was like WBLK intro. D- yeah. Yeah, a little urban. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, Pete Voinovich on the podcast. Uh, welcome, Pete. Hi, DK. thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um... So we used to call you Pete. That's what you preferred yes. as a professor of graphic design at Niagara College, where you taught me. I did. You, I do. Did, have you ever, in your teaching career, had people call you Mr. V or Mr. Voinovich? I have had Mr. Voinovich a couple times. Usually not, just Pete. I have some call me like Mr. Pete, which is a little weird to me. But <laughs> hey, Mr. Pete. Whatever. <laughs> I'm good with it, I guess. Like That's like something uh, Ralph Wiggum would say or something. Oh, Simpsons. It's pretty street. It is pretty street. Mr. Pete. It rhymes with street. You could use that. So, okay. Um, so what brought you to graphic design? How did you start your career in graphic design? Or not even career, but how did you start your interest? In graphic design? Yeah, or did you start from a more broader artistic? Well, I'd say it was more broader for me. It started off just with drawing, mm-hmm. kind of messing around, and eventually kind of evolved into like just drawing letters and crap and eventually putting it together and... Yeah, I didn't know that it was graphic design at the time. I had no idea until somebody told you it was. Or yeah. did... well, there isn't a very large graphic design scene in Welland, right? So it wasn't where you hail from. You're born and raised in Welland. I am. Yeah, Welland. I was looking up a little bit about Welland. Um, it's not much there. There's no. not much on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> no. You got the provincially, you got the NDP, and then uh, uh, locally for the for the House of Commons, you got uh, the Liberal yeah. guy or woman. Yet. Same thing, men, women. What's the difference these days? I don't play your gender norms. <laughs> um, what's the controversy in Welland? Uh, the downtown core, the revitalization of the downtown core? There's, yeah, that's the only political issue right now. Well, there's talk about revitalizing downtown, and there's also talk about putting boats back in the canal, which is currently dead. Like there's, it's capped off in Welland. Oh, okay. It I, kind of bypasses. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you. It's there, but it's just water. Oh, okay. Yeah, the only things I've ever done in Welland are a DJ'd, a crappy little bar that was kind of scary. In and, Welland? Yeah, and they did, they, they were kind of stingy. Like that's, a lot of bar DJ gigs. Not inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else did I do in Welland? <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. Um, 
There's some hip hop guys from Welland, though. There's some musicians from Welland. There's, oh, there's a pretty big music scene there. Mm-hmm. For how small of a city it is, for yeah, example. It's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, are you a musician? I'm not. I pretend that I play. Oh, okay. But I don't. I know, like, uh, what is it, power chords? Sure. So I can play, like, for, almost. Yeah, just those fingers. Yep. Not that they could see that, but. Yeah, that's my big, baby no, finger and my yeah. Peter Pointer. <laughs> um, Any Black Sabbath song. But are you a music head? Like, you collect records? Like, you ever, like... I do. I love music. I don't really collect music anymore because I have, like, 100 kids, so I don't really have time. Right. Right. 100 kids. The average or, Canadian... Um, well, person. a couple, anyway, but... Huh. Uh, well, yeah, we've, trying to, we've been trying to do this podcast for a while, and your, your kids are holding you back. One of your kids ran into the bunk bed. It's true. It's true. Right in the eye. You don't teach your kids these things, not to run into bunk beds? Uh, I try. It's not, I'm not, I'm not succeeding. Yeah. They're obviously not, yeah. There's always injuries in my house. Hmm. Part of that scares me of having kids. I don't want to, what if they get injured? It's intense. Like, especially first kid, right? Like, cause you don't know what to expect. So every time anything happens. It's an experiment kind of, right? First kid? Yeah. Everything. You're like, oh my God, are they breathing? (laughs) Of course they're breathing. They're fine. But now I have a couple and I'm like, wow, they're good. Um, yeah, yeah. Having kids, I mean, I'm getting to the age now where some of my friends are starting to get married and have kids. You know, I'm 20, 28 now, so that age is obviously being pushed upward as the generators go on. Like, we're buying houses later, we're having kids later, we're all that stuff. We're getting jobs later, getting true. careers later. Well, there's much longer spent in uh, school, too, right? Yeah. Like you were in, how old were you when you graduated? Um, from, from the graphic design program, that was 2011, so that was, I would have been like 21, 22, something like that. Yeah, and then you want to play around. Yeah. You want to have fun, and then all of a sudden now you're like, well, maybe kids. You're, you know what yeah. the problem is? You're old now. Am I? Yeah. But what about you're, modern you're, medicine? You're, enc- you're encroaching on my age already. <laughs> well, I think with modern medicine, maybe I'll live t- twice as long as what they would have expected from me. That'd Back be impressive. Uh, we'll see. There's not not a great track record on my side of the family, so I'm... No? No. Yeah, I got a lot of different uh, diseases and stuff in my hereditary line as well. Cancers yeah. and all the... Um... Oh, actually, mostly just cancer. Yeah, we got... One side's like full of cancer and the other side's got exploding hearts, so I mean... I was just going to say hearts. Those are the number one... Heart disease is one of the leading causes of death, right? North America? Is I've been true? told this, yes. I think that's true. It's got Cancer's got to be pretty dang close now, though. Yeah, it's got to be up there, too. But do, haven't you heard they have a cure for cancer, bro? I've heard that. It's, uh, some guy like, in Alberta. Yeah, it involves uh, echinacea, a lot of vitamin C, and some rest. Uh-huh. That's about it. Hmm. I don't know about that. I haven't tested it myself, but... Yeah. I think the problem when people say cures for cancer is there's like 50, 100 I don't, like, different types of cancer. So if you cure one, Easily. it doesn't mean... And I'm not a doctor or scientist, but I think... Well, I think the weird thing with cancer is they don't really know because it's just like weird mutated cells, right? Right. It's so, a, it's a, it's actually, is it a non-death? It's like cells that just won't die or something? It doesn't seem that way, but I don't know exactly how it works. Anyways, so that's graphic design in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you started sketching, drawing, because yeah. you, you taught us illustration as well. That was I did. one of the main things you taught us. I did. We started off with illustration, then I think I switched to computer applications with you, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. We uh, how come they don't teach crowd draw anymore? Uh, it's not awesome. You don't like it, I or it's just apologize to the good 
people at the Corel Corporation, but yeah. <laughs> it's not widely used anymore. Right. I think it is in Canada in places, like okay. smaller like sign shops. Like things. we use it exclusively at our sign shop. I work in Beansville now at uh, the sign shop. There. Sign shops love Corel. It, and when I started there, I hadn't had experience with it other than like half of first year they might have taught it or something. And then uh, they yeah, tried. We had like photo paint or something like that. Yeah, Corel photo uh, paint drawing. Yeah. yeah. So they explained to me that it's um, it's more intuitive for the sign industry. And I was like, what does that mean? But then working with it, you start to realize like, yeah, some of the shortcuts and some of the reversing and uh, images and different things and just shorthand in it that's just caters to the yeah. sign industry. Quick yeah. prints and quick changes and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, anything else that's more involved, you're going to go Illustrator or something. Yeah, we focus on that because that's kind of industry standard, standard, right? Mm. So the whole creative suite, Mm -hmm. which is cool. But now that it's like a membership-based thing, it's not. What do you think about that? The cloud uh, service membership thing? I don't love it. No, you'd you'd rather it be the individual software. Yeah, I mean, especially for like smaller places, right? For like a business license, it's pretty expensive to begin with. I mean, I guess it's good if you hire someone on, you can like get a license for a month, and if they suck, then. You can cancel the extra license. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Apart from that, I mean, especially for like, you know, people starting out or students. It's kind of weird because you have to sign up for, you don't have to sign up for the whole thing. You can get part, you can get uh, like you a minimal like version of it. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Like, isn't there a package that's just Photoshop and Illustrator or something? I think you can get so, different packages, but I think the student ones, like, you just get everything and it's whatever, like 30 bucks a month or something like that. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so you still draw constantly? you drawing constantly? I draw quite a bit. Yeah. Um, any like any projects, like particular sort of pet projects you've had throughout your life? Like whether comics or anything or just general just sketching all the time? Like, um, well, Yeah, always sketching and things. I've been doing a lot more like hand lettering and doing some fun like pinstriping and things like that. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fun to get dirty with that weird like stinky lead paints and stuff yeah so you that's like uh well, that's like smith a lot like the hands-on typography stuff like liking to make his own typefaces and the, the the actual letter pressing that he does with the yeah he's totally cut like his own wood type now yeah like had the whole thing whole font cut out so that's intense it's really nice i haven't seen the entire collection yet the entire font if you will but was that the first one that he's done fully, or I thought he had done a uh, full typeface face before, but not well, cut done, out of wood. He's done them digitally, and then right. this one he did digitally, and then transferred over and had cut out. Mm-hmm. So CNC cut out, and then. So you're you're still at the college, same, uh, full time. Yes. Teaching full time there. Yeah. Yes. Um, how did you get your teaching gig? Was it a uh, was it something to endure, or did you just apply and get it? Or when it I. Some- when I first applied, it was there was a posting that had come up for illustration at the time, and I believe uh, I applied and went in for an interview. Actually, my wife was going to the program at the time. Yeah. So I went and applied and met with uh, Greg and uh, Uncle James there, mm-hmm. and they looked at my work, agreed to hire me on, give me a shot, and I hung around for like, well, I was working at a print shop at the same time. Okay. So I was doing that and working at Well and Printing, which doesn't exist anymore. But okay, so I was doing both, and then the shop kind of ate it. So I kicked in pretty much full time at the college, as many hours as I could get, mm-hmm. and then went through several rounds of interviews. Really? 
Yeah, there was a lot of interviews. Yeah. Oh, um, did you? Did, so you went to school at Niagara for your? Initially, I went. Studies? I did go to Niagara. Right out of high school, I went to Niagara, and it was a two-year program at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated that and transferred out to the art college in Halifax. Oh, okay. Spent a couple of years out there. Is that the one where you can get a master's in graphic design? <laughs> I've heard this. Or is this, what is this, like a rumor that doesn't it, exist? It is a master's. They have, um, I don't know what the exact program is, but I think you can kind of like pick what you want to specialize in. And, and then what would, would one of them be, like typography? Or yeah, type? sure. Hmm. Like what? What is the difference between like someone who has a master's in, des- in graphic design versus someone who just had like a three or four year degree? Like what? What edge would you really have other than the piece of paper? Is there is there really a more in depth theoretical side of things or something? Uh, or just the resources and the faculty might be just sort of more trained and more. Yeah, I mean you're advancing yourself with anything, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. But I mean, other than a chance to get like possibly paid more. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. So, like, what, yeah, because I know designers that didn't go to school at all that are, frankly, better than me. Well, there's, know, there's a lot. That's yeah. This thing. I mean, it's not like a, no one, no one's going to die from a bad brochure. I mean, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of fumble through it and eventually get it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, if you do go through school, then you've got a little bit of a. Yeah, especially when you know nothing up from the them. get-go. Yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely people that have just, just done it as a hobby, then it turned into something they're just really good at. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think of the RGD logo? <laughs> the RGD logo? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's I don't okay. mind it. I, I was th- looking at it and I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that Pete used to literally punch me for. Yeah. Like, I used to do just like red and black and white. And you'd be like, come on. Yeah. Like, use some color. Can... Like, dude, use something different. Like, it's always boxy, bold font, red. But it's, I was looking at it and I'm like... This is the the registered graphic designers of Ontario, for people who don't know. Some designers listen to this or some random people, whatever. Yeah. It's the, how do you describe it? It's a, it's a government... Um, it's kind of like a governing body. They're supposed to keep everything fair between designers. Like, yeah, and they provide resources to designers yeah. and stuff, too. Um, but you look at their logo, and it's just literally it's a red rectangle and a bold RGD. It is. Which, you know, it's functional. It, it serves its purpose, right? It, it doesn't have to be like. Why should it be anything? Why should it be flashy? Or why should it be? It works. I mean, you don't want anything too flashy for. Yeah, and also I think I mean it serves its purpose in the sense that it's. Uh, this is such an overused thing, but it's professional looking. Like if the, it's a it's a body of professionals, right? It's nice. It's nice and clean. I mean, it does its, its clean. job. It's. It does its job. Yeah, it's good. Um, I've been to several of their events. I mean, yeah. I'm a provisional member. Are you? Uh, yeah, I went. Uh, I tried to do my full certification last year. Didn't make it. The what? Do you have to go through the interview process then, or I didn't get that far. I got through the where you submit old portfolio. Yeah. yeah. So I actually attended. I was part of a study group, mm-hmm. and we did the webcast thing every week. And I was like, legit, like, okay, I'm going to try and do this. You know, some. I don't think um, a lot of my projects were that flush, fleshed out yet. Like as far as the the. Well, that, process just, that, that builds, right, as you go. Like, Yeah. Um, and with me, I think part of my problem, it's not necessarily a problem, but I'm a very multidisciplinary kind of cat. Like, I got, like, the music stuff, DJing, whatever, different things. So I'm kind of spread out. And sometimes I don't focus on one of my things. Like, I make beats. I make hip-hop beats. Uh, I just did a track with a guy in Detroit that's, like, I was just a fan of his. 
I was just in Detroit. Just just in Detroit. It's a great place. One guy. Oh, you were just in there. I was, yeah. Oh, it was seven mile, eight mile, six mile. Oh, I didn't go that far. You in. didn't go to the east side. You went to the west side. I went right downtown. We went to like oh, okay. Cobo Hall. Okay, that I've never place. been. It, yeah, it's nice. I'm, it's actually not bad now. It was not awesome. Mm, like mm. we went, I think two years ago, and there was like light standards down and like giant holes with like a little oh. like pylon in the middle. Yeah, I know some parts are not so good, but uh, that's uh, what I hear from my buddy Chavis. Um, but it's funny because. Now there's like a Whole Foods and Starbucks yeah, it's like becoming more yeah. But um, what was I saying about Detroit? You uh, made oh a song making with music. Dude, yeah. So so anyway, so a fan of this guy, and then I'm like, oh, he, this guy actually made a track to my thing, and I'm like, that sounds great. Didn't get money for it. It's not. A, I'm an underground artist, you know. But so anyway, my point was, I'll focus on music for a while. Hmm. Well, then the design's gonna slack if you're not. It's like drawing if you're not practicing all the time. But then I'll switch from the music. I'm like, I want to focus on my design career. Let me try and like, did this logo, did this brochure, blah, blah, blah. And then the music takes a back seat. Well, it's tough to balance that. And I mean, it's tough to that, balance. And I'm like... Only so many hours, right? Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of tough. And then especially when you, you know, you get a full-time job. And then you're like, hey, this is great. Working in a sign shop. The people are great. Uh, get to learn how to interact with, like, clients and, like, workflow and all that. It's definitely, you learn, like you were saying, anything's progress. But, uh... I guess my that's my thing in life. It's like, what do I focus on? I wish I could just focus on one thing. Like, I could be a music producer. Or I could be a designer. Like, I, I like kind of mixing it up, too, right? I mean... Well, yeah, I guess that's the spice of life, too. Not a, Spice is the spice of life. It's true. I've heard this. Yeah. Mrs. Dash is actually <laughs> the spice of life. Um, uh, so, anyway. Yeah, so I tried to be an RGD. But I think I might try it again. A lot of designers are like, I've heard people in the industry who are not RGD members dog on it. Be like, oh, you don't need to be one of those men. Nobody cares about that. Which I get what they're saying. I get where they're coming from. That like, you don't necessarily need it. But does that mean it's bad if you are if you try to be a part of it? Or, you know, they, they act like it's a money grab. But well, I don't think it's a money grab. I mean, you get so much free Depends stuff. on your situation, I guess, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're already working and have enough flow coming in then yeah why why i guess but i mean still even on that you can add right yeah you can kind of build on that um i do think some of the initiatives they have are important like the no spec work thing that was a a big deal because as you know welland did a project on local contest that's right and it was basically exactly what they advocate against yeah so we had talked to them and they had written like letters into the city and stuff like that but it just kind of rolled through anyway and yeah they're like we don't care yeah oh you guys oh you guys are official protectors of this kind of work and well, i found it especially odd as the mayor is like a marketing guy mm-hmm. so i mean he should understand like, he should know i'm pretty sure he's never done any jobs for free right so i want to wrap my head around this maybe we could talk about spec work for a bit because for people who don't know spec work is simply is, well, spec work can bleed into other genres. It's not just a design thing, right? It can be another... Well, that, you'd find that especially with like music and stuff too, right? Right. With any, it seems like anything creative, they have spec like, work Like, let's say a rapper. Like, rappers do this all the time on Twitter. Send me beats, blah, 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 at Gmail. Gjizzygmail at gmail.com. Send me beats. Yeah, yeah. And then 10 producers send them beats. But these are all producers who don't likely have either a following or any... They haven't even made money from music before. Like some of these up-and-coming designers that might come out of school and have no experience. Well, that's exactly it. Usually it's, like, 
young designers, or I guess hip-hop artists. Yeah, so they submit their beats, then a rapper uses their beat, doesn't credit them, doesn't even shout them out in the intro, or outro. That's weak. So weak, man. And then the song comes out. This is kind of like what happens to me. The song comes out. I'm super happy with it because it's a first step in my... But no one knows it's you. That's the problem. No right? one knows it's me. But then I repost it with my tag on it or whatever. Um, but in the design world, what happens a lot of times, and you saw this not only with the Welland uh, logo contest, but with the Canada 150, the, yeah, the Canadian federal government yeah. does not understand spec work. And sorry, I didn't actually give the definition yet. How would you define it? Um, just when somebody asks for work on the basis that they might get paid? Uh, I don't think there's any aspect of pay involved. It's mostly that they would say, like, you know, you're going to get exposure sure. for doing this job. And that could lead to other jobs. So they kind of allude that it's going to eventually bring in more money for you. but Or, exp- yeah, it's going to get you some sort of benefit, whether it, it might, not, might not be money, but it'll be exposure or experience or a contact or some sort of bullshit thing that you don't really need. Stuff that doesn't actually mean anything, exactly. Now, what do you what do, what is to be said about you know very young designers like say like kids or teenagers that? Uh, well, I think that's who just won submit, the Welland. One, those right? are who like, submit was, the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a first year student or something like that. So the so the detriments to the people who 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 are offering the work, they don't get a professional design. That's one aspect of. Something well, that's that one aspect of it. I mean, yeah. chances are, if you leave it open, and have like a young kid trying to design this thing who doesn't really know yet. Mm-hmm. You're going to get something that's fairly unpolished. And I think even in the Welland one, they said that they were going to take your design and basically you'd be working with other creatives. So they were going to basically like touch it up. And But it's pretty that's safe weird. to say that, I mean, if you jump on something like that, it's going to take, it's probably going to be redesigned in another like year or two. Yeah, exactly. So, so like I'm to, what I'm trying to wrap my head around is what is the benefit? Is it a, just a short-term decision that these people make that they say, like Canada's federal government, whoever was in charge of doing this contest for the Canada 150th uh, anniversary, do they say, hey, uh, we could save money by offering a contest? And is, is that the initial thought? And is that just short-sightedness in, from a business mindset? I think depending on who's doing it, like... Ones like that, like the Canada one, they were probably initially someone was like, some young PR Punk. person was like, I've got a great idea to build community values. Right. That, so it could be just some guy that just lot. has like, some sort of, just, he thinks his idea is great. Like like you just said, community values. So I'm yeah. going to offer, people are going to think my idea is great because I'm having Canada's design community come together or something. Yeah. They're, they're and he's really convinced more... by his idea. Well, this hypothetical person, yeah. yeah, he's not doing it. Uh, he's not doing it just to to save money, or it, could, it just could be a very. Uh, I would say that's a pretty big chunk of it. I mean, if you're going to pitch something like that and say that it's you know going to build community values and bring people together and all that, like how would the Canadian government do uh, a legit job offer? Would they put up a tender? Yeah, it would thing? probably have to go out for tender, and everyone would bid on it, right? So big design agencies would put a bid in, say, yeah. put their um, what do they call it a request for or the 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 job offer is called the request for what's it called uh, rfp yeah for proposal so i mean you put proposal. in a proposal you put in what you want to get and then, out of it and then they would vet and... them and then some some they would uh just hire an agency yeah and what would and then you'd have to they'd have to pay top dollar right because it's it's a big job so oh, it'd be massive some i mean they city have their logos own are like hundreds too. of thousands of dollars right 
I well, it can be depending. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the Montreal, the, the Montreal logo they have now, I think it was like five hundred k or something crazy. Yeah, well, I think even like the Niagara College one was a significant amount, fifty k or something like that. I think that was initial. I think it went up from there because oh. that was like depends on usage fees and things like that. There's a lot of weird legal crap that goes around it, right? Right, right. See, in my career in the in design world, I haven't got to that point yet where I know all these things with the little tidbits you add to your to your contracts and stuff. My contract is pretty straightforward. I'll give you the logo for this price, and yeah, don't, most of, don't <laughs> skew it. Most of mine is like, yeah, I'll do the job for you, and then I'm like, well. Most of it's been for like you know friends and things like that lately, or yeah. not for profit things. But any of the stuff I do for like friends is like lately for like you know a case of beer or something. Like yeah, true. Try to help them out. And... Uh, what do you think about uh, designers, young designers, um, just undercharging for their work in general? Like uh, doing logos for fifty bucks and fifty bucks only, or well, I think that's standard when you're starting out. Like you don't. Really yeah, when think you're starting out, right? You don't want to charge like. You know, top dollar for it because yeah. you don't think you earned it for one thing. Like, here's my as portfolio. Far as you're it's got two yeah. items. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars, please. Yeah, that's what Niagara College paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. This this invoice is a little high. Could you explain this? Um, this is just what Niagara College charges. So that's it. I mean, all they need to know is like your name, a yeah. price, and like if there's any applicable taxes. I guess. Yeah, because yeah, I, I do notice um certain colleagues and stuff um uh, undercharged for what i think they could make now yeah like that i happens that. a lot and it happens a lot um you know it's the age of kijiji and fiverr well and yeah it's tough with things like that right like what is what does fiverr do to the design industry worldwide is it a is it a problem that needs to be dealt with or is it just a nature of the free market it's just something that's you're always going to deal with. I mean, it's probably always going to be there. I mean, yeah. basically, you're just buying clip art, right? Pretty much. So you slap your name on it. So yeah, I mean, like clip art has always existed and it's always been crap. <laughs> Remember clip art from the '90s? Yes, I do. Like Very Windows well. '95 clip art CDs. Yeah, and they always had those guys with those like baggy pants. Sure. Those like pinchy baggy pants. And yeah. Like, and there's always images that no one would ever need, like a sort of. There's still a lot of <laughs> a lot of stock photography that is questionable. Yeah, um, clip art was huge, man. Yeah, in the desktop publishing era, feel feel like in the Windows ninety five, Windows ninety eight eras, there was just people who thought they were great at like making posters and stuff. And well, I guess you still have that, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it, and I mean, it's just kind of changed because it went from like having your Windows standard clip art to someone logging on to like Pinterest or whatever. Downloading something and then image tracing it, being like this, yeah, dope, dopest design ever. But it's not. Everyone knows. I know. We yeah. we all we've all done the one Google search. If you run the first page, like, come yeah, on. yeah. Um, man, I I just noticed like a lot of from doing freelancing and stuff. I just noticed a lot of fuckery part of my French people, That's but okay. I just not like generally, um, you know, guys who want to hire people for sort of an hourly rate. And then you, you know, I do some little web graphics work for them, whatever, charge them an hourly rate that's like modest or whatever, get paid, cool. And then they're like, oh, this other client of ours wants a logo done. They want it to look like this. And it's like some copy, like some logo from a company that already exists with the same initials. Yeah, you see that a lot. the country. You'll get that a lot. Yeah, and you're like, uh, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. And they're like, well, what if we change the guy in the wheelchair to having no head or something? And you're like, okay, I guess. And then you're like, but... 
I can't be charging you the hourly rate that I was making your little banners for because this is a logo. Don't you? And then you got to explain what a logo design entails to them, and they don't want that. They just want. Well, the problem is you're charging basically for your brain, right? Yeah, that's and that's if they yeah. can't see like a tangible object. Like yeah. I'm not paving your driveway. I'm giving you ideas here. I'm giving that's you invaluable. ideas. That's invaluable, and this is like that story of the the f- designer who did the Citibank logo with the umbrella. Yeah. Uh, the story where she in the business in the meeting at the restaurant or whatever she drew the logo on the napkin and passed it over, something like that. And yeah, she said uh, she said maybe I don't know if it was she named the price at first something like well why is you just did that in two seconds why is that forty thousand dollars whatever she was. That didn't take me two seconds. It took me my whole career. That's, right? That's well played, yeah. It's, yeah, it's invaluable. Yeah. You're paying for... Well, that's, everyone says after it's done that they can do it. Yeah. But you didn't. Right. It's like my dad says he can make rap music when he hears it. He's like, oh, I anyone can do that. I can do that. I have, an, I have an app that raps for me. Really? Yeah. Like, how does it work? Do you have to... You just talk into it and it, it wraps turns it back it into, to you. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Uh, Can you do it right now? I'll, yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. It's fantastic. I I got it uh, primarily just to like say things into, record these amazing raps, and then send them to my friends instead of typing messages. That's cool. Do you teach lessons with it? Uh, I'm going to. I think more oh, teachers in prof- auto rap. Oddly enough. Auto that's, rap. That's awesome. That's pretty tough. So you just say something into it? Yeah, or so you, you type say whatever. Into it? No, you talk into it. Or you could rap, I guess. I never... I think that's there's an really option. Weird. Yeah, you rap into it and then it's going to rap it back. That's pretty cool. So it's got all these dope beats in there. Like, loaded into it. You this have is... to pay for the... Like, the big ones. Like, you don't get 50 cent for free, man. No? No one gets 50 cent for free. Oh. So those are all pay, I guess. But I only use the free one. My favorite is called Turkey Burgers. Try it. Can we try it? Yeah. Can I? Yeah, give it a shot. I'll say something into it. Hey, this is Derek Veenhoff. Oh, no, wait. Tap the record button. Oh, Oh, I got to tap it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Derek Veenhoff here with Pete Voinovich. Those are our first and last names. What do you think about that? Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Impressive, eh? That's amazing. Yeah, and it just that's keeps actually going. that is amazing. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, um I kind of found it by mistake and I've used it to record uh a message advocating for my neighbor to get a driveway from the city oh. to get a special allowance to cut the curb. I don't know if it worked or not yet, but well, if the city is working, just give Tom a driveway. Come on. He needs a driveway? Yeah, he's got... Well, right now, I mean, he, that's holding uh, holding it up. Uh, what's this? Cancel. This is probably what modern rappers actually use to do their raps nowadays. Probably. Saving time. It's creating better workflow. Yeah, he's got a curb and two bushes that look a lot like Kid and Play. Kid and Play. One is kind of tall with a is a rap group. Yeah, this is no, this is before my time. Come on, right, 
Or is this 90s? Uh, they were 90s. See, the thing is, I was born in 88. Yeah, right? that's right. Chinese Year of the Dragon. Of course. Everybody knows that. Yeah, come on. But whenever people, I feel like, you know, I feel slightly embarrassed when people bring up early 90s rap that I don't know. I know, at least I knew it was a rap group. Yeah, Kid and Play. They had a movie and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pajama Jammy Jam, I believe it was called. Now, were they... Why, House they, Party or something like that. Were they kids? No. Why is his name Kid? If he's a full-grown man. One's named Kid, one's named Play. That's, that's how they roll. I guess there's there's yeah there's lots of rappers named something Kid, Rich Kid, Rich. There's Rich Kid, and then there's Rich the Kid. Nowadays, like two different guys. Two different guys. Rich Kid aware. from Toronto. He's a producer. Okay, he's a pretty cool guy. And then I've actually ran into him at George Stromblopoulos' house recently. No was, kidding. Yeah, I went to George's house and uh, grabbed some beers from his fridge. Wow. I was there watching my buddies in uh, A Tribe Called Red. That's a Juno Award. I'm familiar, yes. Yeah. yeah. So my buddy makes all their beats. Okay. Um, he's sort of from around here. He's from the Six Nations Reserve, mm-hmm. but he did a lot of hanging out and working in the city, music-wise. And he's one of my, yeah, one of my, like, uh, idols as far as music production. Right. And so, yeah, they, he uh, linked up with them and... Now they're on the road to the Junos and stuff. That's, oh, that's right. And the Junos are coming up, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, and I might watch for the first time in my life because uh, my buddy's well, in there. Your homie's going to be on there. Homie. you got to watch. He was on the podcast. He, people can go back. It's uh, Tool Man episode. It's in the tens or oh. the teens. We're, this is episode 37. That's a good number. Yeah? Is it's it, great, great, great is, number. Why? Just, well, it's just good? Yeah. It's between 30. It's not 40. Yeah, no, it's a little under. Yeah. But it's not quite half. You're over half. Yep. You're I want like to do. Halfway. I want to do 100 episodes of this. I think 100. I think you can pull it off. Yeah. I tell myself 100. Then I ever closer I get to 50. I'm like 50 would be a good place to stop. <laughs> 37 is perfect. Now. This I is don't know. No, no. I would, probably couldn't go to sleep at night having that. It's a little bit of OCD. Yeah. You need a good nice nice even number. Yeah. For sure. Um, so kid and play rap music. Yeah. What other rap are you into? For, do you listen to any rap that came after the year 2000? Do you listen to any rap? Just yeah, yeah, I, got, I have rap music. Throw on the Outcast, any I, yeah, aliens, I like Outcast. stuff like that. Yeah, I have mostly like older rap music, obviously, because I'm an old man. Yeah, but a lot of like '90s stuff. I have some loaded on my phone now. I'm pretty positive that I'll have at least Casual and Souls of Mischief on there right now. Cool, Souls of Mischief, '93 till Infinity. That album, I think, actually. Great album. You got your uh, Tajay. You got your um, other guys. Yeah, forget the guys. All those hieroglyphics guys Hieroglyphics, or whatever, right? Adele the Funky Homo Sapien. When my first daughter was born, her name is Adele. Oh. And we called her Adele the Funky Baby Sapien. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's really good. That's a good one. He was in the city once. He did a show, uh, The Scene Fest. Oh, did he really? Yeah, this was like years ago. That was like 05 or 06, something like that. Hmm. But yeah, he popped by. I would have probably gone and checked that out. Yeah, um... I walked around the perimeter. Didn't go in, but I heard most of it. Oh, for, you could probably hear it outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, so born in 88, so the rap I really started, the first rap song that I really was like, I like rap, was Mob Deep Shook Ones. Okay. Just because the beat and the kind of eeriness, the whole New York, New York hip-hop vibe, and then I think that was it, probably the New York hip-hop scene. But then there was always the there was a small Toronto scene with the Cardinal officials and the um, Shot Clairs, Maestro Fresh West, Maestro Fresh West. Those guys are still kicking. I don't wasn't uh, he's on Mr. Deeds or something like that now. Is he probably? Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, He's an actor, 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 professional. Yeah, Uh, a thespian, indeed. 
Um, yeah, Shot Claire was down the street here at, um, I don't even know if it's still open, but what was this, Barracuda? It was the, this oh, bar in yeah, the corner okay. changes names every two years. But yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking he about. He was yeah, here, yeah. and we went, and it was like 15 bucks to get in. There was like 25 people there. Come on. I'm like, this is Shot Claire now? I mean, I follow him on Instagram. He's just, he just looks, it's so funny, because he had such a swagger when he came out, and uh, with the Cartier glasses and the chains and stuff, and, and he was so smooth, and now he's just yeah. like... Not that he's he's not really washed up per se, but he's still probably got some talent. But it's not obviously it was a different time. Well, it's tough to have like an extended career in something like hip hop. I think. Yeah, and especially when Drake is the Toronto. I mean, you can't be a Toronto rapper almost these days and not kind of. You have to be in the Drake camps or related to it. Like you had the Weekend comes from Toronto, and that's yeah. they're related as far as the the different personnel and the different crews. They're kind of related, and then you got. Uh, there's some new kids coming up. Uh, this guy called Pressa. Actually, there's a kid from Fort Erie that produces most of Drake. Not most of Drake's, but a lot of Drake beats now. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Um, his, his his handle is Murda Beats with a Z. That's pretty tough. It is pretty tough. He's a white kid. Uh, I mean, Murda is tough, and then with a Z on the end of it Beats. makes it double tough. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting little uh, factoid that a lot of people don't know. And it's, uh, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you sort of were following these guys on social media. Because it's only in the last couple, few few years that uh, his music's really came out. So what this kid did was, uh, like as far as the hip-hop scene here, I never really knew him. I met him before through a couple different musicians. So does, he just produces then? Like, just he produces. He doesn't go like... Yeah, and all he did was he, he hit up um, these guys from Atlanta called Migos, who are these three really fast rapping guys now. Um and he just hit them up on Twitter, and then he eventually kind of became the fourth member of the Migos. They like flew him out to Atlanta, said, your beats are great, we want you to sort of make our music. Then he got real famous with them, and now he's just doing stuff for like Drake and Nicki Minaj and all those kind of popular wow, huge. artists. It is huge, and it's 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 weird. It's like Fort Erie. It's literally the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Fort Erie's uh, it's an interesting place. Yeah, and but that's social media for you. You can, you know, it doesn't, you're not tied down geographically anymore. anymore uh, with things like that, at least, like with the well, music you can get, yeah, you can get it out pretty easily now, right? It's also I always find it cool too how uh, just collaborating in rap um, back in the day, like in the '90s, when you had say Bust Rhymes on a Jay Z on it with a DMX t- together on a track. Okay, well those guys like went to high school together and da da da, and uh, maybe they'd fly out to L.A. and hang out with Dr. Dre one time and do like one song with him. I think there's like a large group of those dudes that are all kind of related too, aren't they? Like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like they're yeah, all... and and then nowadays you can you literally they'll record a verse, leave the last part blank with the beat on it, and just send it by email. Then Kanye will pick it up in L.A. and do it, send it back to Kid Cudi or whoever it is, and it's like now you got a song. It sounds as good as anything else, but back in the day, music was so much more. I think you had to basically be there, right? Like, yeah, and and also the the um, something kind of related is the the idea that uh, what's it called the mystification of the artist, sort of like nowadays you can see anybody you'll just see them on TMZ or see them on YouTube or Twitter, or whatever. But back in the day, unless that DVD came out of Led Zeppelin. Or like the, they were live on some channel, you couldn't, you didn't, you didn't get to see them all the time. So it was more of a like. Well, they're definitely they were legendary. Not, not the accessibility that. Uh huh. 
So it's it's weird because it kind of makes artists. I don't know what it makes. I don't know what the qualitative change. How you necessarily describe it? It's just they were they're more accessible now. It seems you can you can message like well you can message the, time, the president. Right? Yeah, and he'll probably answer. He for... probably will answer if you piss him off enough. <laughs> I totally follow him on Twitter. Too. Me too. It's fantastic. Uh, one of the most entertaining things, and that's kind of unfortunate about these these days where the it's such a form of entertainment politics, especially American politics. Well, obviously it is. I mean that's pretty interesting move going on i mean i guess there, it's always been entertaining especially to horrifying Canadians. but yeah um do you get into political stuff at all or are you are you a political are you opinionated political guy at all or no go not with the really flow? i mean obviously i i care yeah i mean i think you kind of <laughs> i think you kind of have to certain issues like climate change maybe yeah sure well he's kind of opened that up too right yeah By, or, or closed it down so to well, speak he completely shut it down yeah um which is weird well, and then they come out with this, you know, we're going to Mars thing. And you're like, okay, so you're going to go study planets, but you're not going to study this planet. Yeah, I mean, half of you has to think, like, this is just kind of like a a play to hide something weird. Not to sound like some weird conspiracy weirdo. I, I, I get flabbergasted more and more each day by both sides. It's just so mind-blowing. Everything that's happened in the past couple months. I'm like, it is. Well, and I think it was it was Bill Maher when he opened up his show one day. He's like, uh, "It's just it's it's been a couple months and it feels like years. Like, really, we got to go through another four years of this? <laughs> this is insane." But it, it is, but it is an entertaining and unfolding uh, story. Like people joke about it's like a spy. It's like a spy movie now. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, it it is kind of hilarious to watch, but not because we are directly tied to it. Yeah, and you got these guys like Steve Bannon and Michael Flynn, the general who, you know, and if you look, you read Michael Flynn's book, which I have not, or you watch uh, Steve Bannon's movies, which I have not, but I get the gist of them, and Michael Flynn has this whole plan where it's about going to war with the reli- with the religious and sort of, uh, basically the radical Islam, but the, but he, he, he paints the picture that it's tied to China and Iran. Like he paints this whole axis picture. And then you got Bannon also paints this, like literally his documentaries have Hitler superimposed over any of the world leaders that he doesn't like. Like it's this whole, they're just literally just painting you a picture of yeah, the enemy that they're, they're, they're giving you an enemy. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of like cracked out kind of ideas going around that. Yeah. But they never seem logical. Like I'm not saying. I mean, obviously, never. Like that. The the crazy part about it is, like, I hear it and I'll watch them say it in person, like on TV, and I'm like, yeah. did that just happen? And I'll turn it off. And yeah, did that just happen? Like, That's I, a good way to describe it. Doesn't seem like Michael Flynn this morning, right, or last night, or whatever. Is, um, Michael Flynn will uh, testify in exchange for immunity. And you're like, oh damn, okay. So he actually he must have something <laughs> from what from what. Violent. And then the other side's like. No, no, his own son tweets, no, 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 uh, fake news. He never said that. And, but I'm like, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? How? So you're saying... Well, the whole fake news thing is another, like... Yeah. And just it's fantastic. And it, and it came from the, the, the Democrat side initially, and now the Trump has subjugated the fake news thing and uses it more against the other side. And then the other... BuzzFeed and the CNNs of the world have they've played into it because they did a couple stories that were kind of flimsy 
on a few things and then you're and the polls were all and and those few things get in people's mind and they're like oh yeah cnn is fake news yeah. they have an agenda and they, they don't care about facts they just care about they they want they don't want trump to be president but the uh, i don't even know this is why i stutter and i stammer because i i don't know it's all, all of that is weird and i mean it's all business that i don't like yeah so yeah and and it's hard to it's hard to even comprehend what yeah. What exactly it all is. And I think a lot of Trump supporters, uh, they get some of the political logic correct, and they get some of the uh, criticisms of the other side correct, and criticize, you know, Obama or Hillary, whatever. Yeah, fine. But I think Trump, the, the fake thing, the, uh, the lie that Trump is, is really purporting is that he is going to fix things, and he's this altruistic guy who really, like, that's all a lie to me. And the people who really – there's so many – there's blacks, Mexicans, all the gamut. There's many – women support him. Like there's – all the people that we think don't support him, there are many in those groups that do support him. I just – I mean they're all like suits that I dislike. So, all of – like the, the his of guys, his all crew. businessmen really. Yeah, they're all but, businessmen, right? Yeah. But he was going to drain the swamp though I thought. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He's not going to do anything he said he's, he's going to do, just like anything. every other politician. No, I mean, well, again, it's all like... he. Well, he's not a politician, though. That was the thing. But now he is. No, well, yeah. <laughs> like, that was their argument, right? That was yeah, their... he's, he's an interesting fellow. Yeah. He's not a graphic designer. He's not. I don't not that so. I know of. Maybe he I've, is. I've, <laughs> I've seen some of his work, like his corporate identities, and... Yeah? They're not... Are they not? Well, no, no, they are. They're fantastic. Like they're, the Trump. Ta- what does the Trump logo look like? I don't. Is it just the bold Trump towers? I think like it's got a lot Trump? of gold, gold colors. Yeah. Most of his stuff has a lot of gold in it. Uh, do you know Ali G? You remember Ali G? Oh yeah. Did you ever see the Ali G Trump interview? I don't know if I saw the Trump interview. No. He just uh, one of his skits where he would go to these like businessmen and stuff and pitch ideas to them, uh, and he goes to Donald Trump. Uh, what? Okay. <laughs> well, here's my me idea, right? He goes, okay, let's hear it. He goes, uh, what does everybody love? I don't know. Tell me. Music. He goes, no. Ice cream. He goes, okay. And then he He's goes, not wrong. I mean, yeah, and he goes, what happens when ice cream melts? It gets real drippy. And he goes, okay. So then he goes, what's my idea? He goes, a drip-proof ice cream. He goes, no, that's fucking brilliant. He goes, but my <laughs> idea is a glove, a ice cream glove. So it's like this stupid idea. And Trump just gets pissed and he's like, okay. See you later, folks. It's been great. Good luck to you. He walks out the room. <laughs> like, he's never had a sense of humor, that guy. Uh, he doesn't okay. seem like it. I don't know. Like, he's he's a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. I suppose you could say. Yeah. There's a lot of flip-flopping and weird things happening. And when they're, like, showing clips right beside him of him doing things, he's like, that never happened. Yeah. And then there's a clip of, like, yeah. I don't know. It, the whole thing is... Um, it could all be very good editing. I don't know. But I don't think be. it is. I don't know, man. It's, uh, I used to talk about it a lot, but I'm, I'm starting to get, uh, I'm just basically, I'm waiting for the real bombshell. Like every day, whatever the news story is, it's bombshell this, bombshell that. And then Something I'm like, sensational where's the conclusion? Something's a, this Michael Flynn guy, whatever, say your shit and I want to know what it is and then lock him up or lock somebody up. I don't know. Or maybe don't. I don't know. Just get to the bottom of this, whatever's going on. But it, you know, World politics these days, people are acting like it's a conspiracy that Russia is uh, giving money to different people and wanting to spread influence. Why wouldn't they? 
you know, in France, Marine Le Pen is like open about, well, yeah, sure, I'm buddy buddy with Putin because I'm not for these. This it's this globalization idea versus nationalistic kind of protectionism. These, you know, let's just and and leaning to the right wing too. Yeah, I think like Putin's aspect of that is a little different from what we would think as like protectionism of like Canada's per se. He's like, kind of how like, so. He's kind of greatly expanding his area too, right? Right. So, so for him, he would like to expand, but like, for these, that's what's where that I see the contradictories. Uh, because uh, for France, for, yeah, for these countries to be nationalistic, and I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to piss them off either. But yeah, so it's like they're allying with this group per se that's against globalization, which I would often, or I would think of it as Americanization almost too. Which it kind of is, because, hmm. I mean, everything's coming off World War II. You know, America was the powerhouse, and then they exported, like, culture and stuff, and iPhones, and these new things that kind of, like, connected the world. The English language made very I, Yeah. I always found it odd that everyone wanted to kind of appropriate, like, American culture, because it's really... It is odd, right? Yeah, it's really not that awesome. Like, what is American culture? Hamburgers and Pepsi and movies? Yeah, we'll say that. Baseball? Yeah, baseball. You're a baseball guy. I do. I love baseball. It's starting up soon. Is it? Yeah. I know nothing about baseball, yeah. so sometimes we don't mention sports a lot on this show because it's. Just, I just I can't talk in that field. Yeah. Well, no, I won't go into that at all. But you I can mean, if you want. If you look at like like Japan has <coughs> yeah. a huge baseball, baseball right? and yeah. like everything's like American, which is crazy because Japan has an insane culture. And Japan is very like isolationist with their culture, right? Like they want. Uh, Things to kind of stay their way in, in certain ways. I don't or think it's like they're a, a hybrid. I think they're kind of like a mix. On yeah. that, China would be on more like we we do things our way, keep those American cigars and stuff out of here, whatever it is. Yeah, like, not quite to like a North Korean level, but no, North Korea is like this is the North Korea is like that even doesn't even exist. Those countries out there don't exist. They're all shitty. We have it the best. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're starving the streets. Got Venezuela starving now. It's weird. Like I would like to see what actually happens. Well, I don't actually want to see what happens in North Korea, but I would just go there and like actually get a picture without dying. Yeah, there's a, you you know there every couple of years there's a documentary that spills online where these young people who go there for a trip and just sneak a camera in. There's always like weird like fake cities with like grocery stores full yeah. of food, but nobody can buy it or something. It's yeah, like, weird weird things like that. Very weird. Like Twilight Zone. Totally Twilight Zone stuff, yeah. But that's the world we live in. It's this weird... Um, it's like the first... Like, we're so... In Canada, this is the this is the best country to live. And we just take it for granted. Because oh, yeah, how totally, can you not? Yeah. How can yeah. you not? That's part of why it's so good, is that you can take it for granted that it's so good. I think the thing is everyone kind of stays out of things here. We're like, yeah, it's good. Just leave it. Don't touch yeah. it. And our gripes are like, well, like the wait lines are long at the hospital, and what that's else? like standard standard fare. <laughs> that's, that's the like one thing we can waiting in line at Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tim Hortons should just we should all get free Tim Hortons. I want socialized Tim Hortons, and we should it just comes off our paycheck, so we don't have to do the money exchange anymore. We just you just get your coffee, and it I just mean, comes off. Yeah, your paycheck. I, don't, I wouldn't argue with that. I'm, I'm going to run on coffee. that platform. I'm a huge fan of coffee. Yeah. As you probably know. You are. How, do you still drink like a couple pots a day? Yes, easily. Is that bad for your health? Or not really? It's not proven. 
Uh, I'd like to consider myself one of the most healthiest men in <laughs> in Welland for sure. Oh, okay. At least I like, believe, it. if not the Niagara region. And yeah, I believe it. I feel great after a couple of months of coffee. <laughs> um, Niagara region health system. There's a lot of fat people in the Niagara region. Is that true? There, yeah. There's. Well, I think that's everywhere in North America. Really, well, it's getting fatter. It's expanding further out than that. Like. There are a lot of uh, mobility scooters. Yeah, you see them a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. I think half of them, just people who choose to drive them, they don't need to. Yeah, I've tried them. I'm not going to lie, I tried one. Is it it liberating and fun? Is it like floating through? It's fantastic. Yeah. Like I tried one, uh, my mom had issues and had one, and she refused to use it, of course. Yeah. Stubborn. So, yeah, so I was like, look at this thing. And I was just like zipping around on it, like in their garage, oh. which was fantastic. Does it go very fast? It goes pretty... You put that on rabbit speed, and it, there's no messing around, man. Ooh, it really does have a rabbit speed, right? Yeah, you got a turtle or a rabbit, and I believe there might be Like two the golf three, carts. Yeah. There was like two or three clicks in between there, so... What's between a turtle and a rabbit as far as speed goes? Dog? I don't know if dog... Dogs are pretty fast, Dogs are I think. fast. Uh... Like possum, it'd be like a skunk. Yeah, yeah, skunk. Skunk, like it moves, but it doesn't need to move fast. I mean, you'd be like, "No, I'm out of here. Fuck this." Um, Let's go through my notes here. What else do I got? What What am I missing? Let's. Can Can I just ask you in a broad sense, like, what the frick is graphic design? What is design to the layman? Like for the layman who's listening and is like, "I don't get it." Whatever. You guys draw pictures. You go on the computer. You print off a sheet. I think I think that's an argument that's been going on for a long time. What is it? Yeah, like yeah. how to actually like title it, and it kind of switched from graphic design to like communication design to whatever the hell else. Digital I don't design. Know. I was reading an article that's saying that nowadays both applicants of for jobs and job uh, hirers and hirees are both split, uh, having too many names for what the position is, like UI designer, UX designer, visual designer. Uh, graphic designer. Well, front I mean, end. it's just that they tack that design part on the end, right? Yeah, whatever they need done, and then design. So, but I mean, the, for a lot of it, especially on like the programming end, I don't want to take away from it, but it's not like it's heavy on the creative end. Yeah, it's coding or whatever. Yeah, the article yeah. was kind of saying, "What if we start being more designers? Let's let's instead of having all these specialized positions." Where they're handing off of the workflow to different. Why don't we start to, tr- as designers and as uh, agencies or whatever, try to focus on having people that are more well-rounded, and can. I think that ideally is what they're trying to do, but I mean it's hard to get someone who's when you're talking like a creative brain, and like more of like a mathematical like coding brain. It's not. <laughs> it's not really the same person. So in certain cases, rare you got someone that can do both. Right. So in certain cases, they're just. You might have to have uh, two different... Uh, you generally people. need both. Yeah. And they need to kind of work together. And usually they don't. So they just kind of like mm-hmm. pass each other notes and move on from there. You know, it's interesting as a designer. Um, first of all, creating good designs is one thing. That's sometimes a challenge. And figuring out how to communicate to a client why something's good or bad. Those are some of the. Two, those are probably two of the. Basically, the, that's basically my job as a designer, right? Yeah, it's those two things: how how to create something that looks good, and why does and explaining why it looks good. It's the selling part. That selling it is 
that's where I don't, I do not excel in the selling no. of like a design. No, I've never been much of a salesman mm-hmm. ever. Like even as a young lad, like yeah, selling newspapers and crap. Like I didn't. <laughs> do you want this? Yeah. No. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And if they want it, I'm like, cool. Like, <laughs> what do you give me for it? Right. 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 A lot of designers have that, right? They're not bit, like I was saying uh, yesterday to my girlfriend. I was like, I never thought of myself as a businessman ever, or I never even thought I would go into like a like a people's person kind of gig or a business C thing. But being a freelancer, I found that you have to learn that as you go. Yeah, you don't really have a choice. You don't have a choice. So it's always interesting. Every person you meet is a new experience, and you're like, oh, I've done this ten, twenty times now. I should be good at business meetings. And I mean, yeah, it does get easier, but you're always struggling. To find the right words to describe, um, sometimes you're you're trying to describe what they're after when they don't know. Yeah, they're trying to say, you know, I just want it to look clean, professional. Everybody uses the same five words, right? Clean, professional, modern, or they're Standard, going for a yeah, vintage. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a big one right now too. Right? Vintage, yeah. vintage and modern. You yeah. know, vintage but modern, with it's, a kind of a grungy. A grungy undertone. That's these are the these are the kind of jokes that the, the in the banter that goes on between designers, right? It's like, oh, there's another client that wants a clean, modern look. Yeah. Well, what what do you really want? So, like, so, what are some of the questions that you you might ask uh, someone who's who's a, wants a logo from you? Like, you don't just say, do you like squares or circles? You don't say yeah. like, do you like orange or blue? But you say, what kind of broad questions might you ask? Um, well, you have to know what they're doing first. Yeah. Like if you're doing one for like a construction company, I mean, yep. you're going to talk to the guy, figure out what they do and kind of do some research on other construction companies and see how that's handled and yep. try to convey to them how you can make something that compete with that. Yep. They're probably going to come back and say, you know, I want a picture of my truck on it yeah. with my name under it. Like, and so, you know, so how do you convince them? No, that looks bad. You don't need a picture of your truck. You don't need to be so literal because you can't say it in that tone that I just said it in. Well, yeah. <laughs> Usually you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way for just ending it. But, I mean, you just have to kind of approach it depending on what they want to see. I mean, if that's what they want to see, you're probably going to show them that. But you're going to give them a couple other samples and be like... This this one's good because... Push more towards the other ones, right? Yeah. So, like, when you see... They're the most, still going to want the truck. But they're still... Yeah, yeah. They're going to want what they want, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the interesting thing is trying to convince them why the thing that you think looks good looks good. And, you know, it's with the most famous logos in the world, there's certain things about them that you can't just copy them. Or There's not, like, elements from, like, the best logos in the world that you can copy and just and then you're going to come up with some something that rivals those. Because it's always a very specific process that went into it, like the Nike logo. I mean, I don't know the exact history of the design process on it. I'm just saying, you look at the Nike logo... And it's something emotional. It's something that's it's the simplicity of it. It's the the flow of the swoosh of the check mark. Something that relates to us emo- on an emotional level, on a level beyond language almost. Well, I think with that too. I mean, that in particular has been like branded out very well. Like it's marketed the crap out of it, and you've been punched in the face with it. Just for, do it, you know. And it's black and white. Thirty years. I mean, it's all you've seen. Yeah. And they've never changed it. They've never really altered it. Never changed and it. That's, that's a good the, one. That's the thing, right? So, I mean, you're used to it. You don't even need to see it. You just see part of it, and you're like, oh, that's the tail. You can see just half, yeah. And then you got some companies that uh, are still strong brands, but have changed 
a lot over the years like Coke and Pepsi. Or mostly Pepsi, right? Pepsi went through a lot of variations. Pepsi did a huge rebranding, yeah. But, I mean, it's still, like, brand recognition. I mean, it, it changed, but not to the point where it's completely redone. Yeah, it just changed slightly over time. And you always... It's one of those products where it's you always see it in your life anyway. It's always in a cooler somewhere. So it's not like it got out of your mind for a while and then it came back in your life somehow. Yeah, and with those, I mean, it's highly based on, like, color too, right? Like, the Pepsi red the was, blue. like, color recognition. I mean, even though they changed it completely, like, to that weird little what swooshy is it now? thing. Just the, it's kind of like the Nike logo, actually. It's like it's, the Nike logo in the middle of a... Yeah, it's like that weird ball with a... It looks pretty Instead cool. Instead of just like being it. the ball, it has, like, a squishy kind of thing on there. Yeah. Um, but that's... Yeah. Um, I was listening to one guy just explaining that great design just sort of caters to sensibilities and i guess what that means in a broad sense is like i was saying before just your five senses and how that connects with your emotions so you're sensing the thing you're looking at it or if it's like a chair you're uh like this the the particular talk the guy holds holds up pictures of uh to the audience of two chairs and he says which one do you guys like better a or b and everybody says a Right, and then he shows two coffee mugs, and one's got it more like this, more of a rounded thing, and the other one's more just looks like it more sturdy in your hand. So they all say B. He said, well, "Why did you guys all unanimously, unanimously choose those?" Right, and it's just he goes into this whole spiel about language and Descartes and Noam Chomsky and all this. Yeah, but it's like that. It's something sort of. I guess what I got it from it is it's sort of something unspoken that just it just you don't can't explain it. It just appeals to you. It's very visceral. And the what comes secondarily is all the language to describe why it's good. And those are just a lot of like metaphors that designers end up having to use, like we use all the time, like that typeface looks aggressive. Or that looks like we we personify Well they design. people generally like things that are familiar to them too, right? Like mm-hmm. like in the case of like the chair and the coffee cup, like that one or like a straight normal straight up coffee mug if one's too weird or wonky like that one like that one i'm pretty good at like dribbling on myself so i'd be like i don't know like yeah that's totally ninja turtles it's pretty tough but i'd be like you know what i'm totally gonna dribble on myself with that cup i know with that straight one and you don't need to think about that with language you just know your body just knows you're gonna dribble yeah it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna happen. That coffee's gonna get to like the same temperature as spit eventually. And you're not even gonna know it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the same thing. You'll be like, oh man. Um, what else didn't we cover here? Let's see. Bang, boom, bing, bada, boom. Um, any great? What are the design resources that you check into? Any magazines that you're a fan of, or like any groups or any podcasts or any things like that that you check once in a while? Um, not so much. I mean, I still check in like you know print magazine and like how. But, how magazine. They kind of have, for me, kind of plateaued a little bit. They seem to be the same thing for a little while now, hmm. which is boring. Like iMagazine, that one's kind of fun. Okay. What is the bo- really what is one. the thing that how what is the boring thing that they focus on too much? Like what? Like if you look at like How Magazine, like it's just kind of had that same kind of visual effect forever, and it's the same flat. Like okay. Like I I love Draplin's work, but it's just like fucking everywhere now. I get it. You like him too. Yeah. Um, did you check out that Netflix documentary that uh, design? I haven't part? watched it yet. Huh. I saw it and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch the Chappelle thing instead. Were you offended by the Chappelle show? No. Do you know some people who were offended? Uh, none. None of my friends were. 
There's some people who are really offended <laughs> but by But apparently, yeah, he uh, he really pissed off a lot of people with well, that. Well, the one thing is, quote-unquote, rape jokes. Well, the Bill, Bill Cosby But the Bill, yeah. see, this is the thing about the rape joke thing. If you hear, if somebody just comes to you off the street, hey, did you hear Dave Chappelle has a rape joke? And you think, oh my goodness, that's terrible. You know, my grandma or somebody would say, oh, that's terrible. But it's not terrible if you listen to the context, because the whole point of the bit is a giant buildup about how Bill Cosby is a rapist. But a lot of the famous black comedians first came out in defense of him. Not a lot, but some of them came out in defense of him at first, when all the facts hadn't really... I don't think all the facts are out either, but... Well, um, I think, I mean, if if it was your buddy, and you didn't really know, obviously you're going to be like, nah, he's... Cool dude, right, it's Bill Cosby. It's the guy who used to call up comedians and say, you shouldn't swear in your acts and stuff. And like, yeah, this is the cause. He doesn't go blue. Like, no, but, but that was Dave that. Chappelle's whole point. And, and I, you know... It's this whole thing. It's not making light of rape. It's comedy. He said he can't rape feet. It's like this, yeah. Yeah, you know, murder and rape and all these things are terrible. And there's, you want to. Well, I think that's the, the great part about comedy where it, all of a sudden that's like funny. And you're like, I, don't, I shouldn't be laughing at no, this No, but at that's all, what but your brain says. You go, why oh, I? like sometimes I laugh and I go, oh, geez. Like I know it's a, it's not even offensive is not the word. It's It's treading on those. Sensibilities well, you're crossing a lot of lines with you're crossing that. lines, but that's comedy and that's drama. And um, what else? The you know he does use the word tranny, and I'm not a fan of that. I don't use that word either. But I don't think again that, the context. Yeah. If you listen to the whole thing, it'll just it's all about context and intent. You yeah. know, he prefaces things with the you know I'm supportive of all these, you know, if you want to do this, you want to do that, I'm with you, I'm your ally, da-da-da-da. Well, I think, like, certain, like, terms and things that he uses, too. I mean, he's not he's not a young man either, right? Yes, that's Coming true. Coming from a different generation. I mean, he <laughs> just said that. That's true. And you know what? Like, I, well, I'm pretty sure, like, older generations, like, what I know of them and have heard them say, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I um, can't say that at all. In this whole thing about can't say that, I've become very interested lately in um, words, just in general. Um, on the one side, you know, you have certain very left-wing university students on campuses in the States and some in Canada, too, now that, um, you know, certain here's a list of words that we're going to stop saying. Bitch, man up, blah, 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 blah. Okay, down yeah. the list. And then the criticisms of that is, uh, it's useless, it doesn't do anything, blah, 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 it's... it's it's against free speech, da 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 da. And then the other, the people who are uh, the left wing people say, it's just starting a discussion about the words and the impact that they can have. Well, sure, that's a, that's good. It's okay to discuss like the impact the words can have and stuff. Yeah, but of course. You can't ban the things and say you can't say things. No, I mean, in a certain you sense. can't you can't really stop people from saying anything. Yeah, even if you want to, you could. I mean, that's why there's still weird like white supremacist guys. I don't know what the hell their deal is anymore. Like, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> the hell are you doing? Like right, like who's an open white? Su- there's not even like this is the thing is there's this 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 meme that there's like white supremacy going on. It seems to always come across my feeds and stuff on like Twitter, and I'm always like, what is that? And it's always like fights, yeah, with them, and I'm like, why are they even doing this? Like white nationalists. Seems odd. Like what an odd thing to do. Yeah, but I don't think there's anyone that's openly like. People act like the KKK is a thing to be worried about. I don't think their numbers are up. Like, I think... I, th- I know in I the 30s and the 20s not. they had marches just, in the middle yeah. of the street. But I, it's like... I think there's like 15,000 members in the States. And there's like... There's more Black Panther members than there actually are KKK members. 
Well, I think the By issue is margin. like it's pretty hard to find someone that's actually just like white. What the hell? Is oh white, yeah, right? I'm racist. Like, yeah. Like what? Really? Why? <laughs> Doesn't make what sense do at all. Like, yeah, it's weird. There was a, a hilarious video that was, of course, on the internet, of like there was like white supremacy guys marching and someone was playing like a tuba. Yeah. <laughs> beside them, playing like hilarious marching songs, which was, I watched it for a long time because I was, <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, I don't get it, and I don't seem to meet any of these. These bike trends. Like, I don't seem to meet these people in my daily life. Um, all, all the people... Anyways... Well, I don't think it's, like, the type of thing where someone would come out and be like, Hey, guess what? I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, are you you know familiar with the Jordan Peterson? The UFT professor of psychology that's taken a lot of flack lately for his uh, refusal to say uh, the pronouns, the gender pronouns. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's making his rounds at different campuses and, uh, you know, doing talks and stuff on uh, stuff that he knows about. Um, and literally you have videos of students going to his talks and shouting, this is where we draw the line. This is where we draw. And he's, he's got a mic and he's trying to give his speech. Like he's like, and so, uh, yeah. in the gulag, what they used to do is da, 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 and this, and, um, Carl Jung used to get, and he's doing like his talk yeah. and there's people talking over him with megaphones saying, this is where we draw the line. And you're like. What line? What? Why a line? He's not even saying. He's, they call him transphobic because he won't say the words, right? Yeah. And his thing is, it's compelled speech, so it's fine. He he's not a bigot or a transphobe, and he's got trans supporters of him that come on and say he's fine. He's not doing anything wrong. He just doesn't want to say the thing. It's his. You know, he's a free individual human being. But anyways, there's well, all I think these. As soon as anything, like off like that comes out in his public it's weird right like why is he not doing it what is he why won't he conform yeah. why won't he say what but you gotta understand their his point of view logically where he says you know where well as far as drawing li- lines go his thing is where do you draw the line like if you want to say I'm a, I'm a table i identify as a table do you have to like if i say i want to be addressed as mr whatever Anything you could come up if they, if you if you don't draw a line, he's not. Well, I draw- mean, I, I I kind of feel like you do what you like. Yes, like, I don't. Yes, I've never. But, but really I think the problem is like, when things come into legislation. Right, this is where people get a bit creeped out. Like as far as the you know, like motion uh, motion one hundred three. This this uh, is, this term Islamophobia. Right, is a thing nowadays. But you don't call it Judeophobia. Like. There's this thing with semantics that I understand uh, the well, I think a lot of that's based around like media too, right? Yeah. Like whatever they can kind of play up and Yeah, but that's like unfortunate. The Islamophobia thing, like that's like more like fear tactics, right? Yeah, and now you have a thing called Islamophobia phobia, which is you're you become afraid to criticize uh, a specific religion, whatever it is, or ideas be, because of fear of being called an Islamophobe, right? And it's kind of interesting because there's a great podcast I listen to now called The Secular Jihadists. And it's three of the, three of the four hosts are Canadian. Uh, one of them, Ali Rizvi, is from Toronto. He wrote a book called The Atheist Muslim. Okay. You got a girl, uh, Yasmin, I forget her last name, but she was forcefully, uh, forced to marry a guy from Al-Qaeda. He was, uh, RCMP investigated him back in the day for some links to like the 9-11 things. He was a truck oh, driver wow. out, out in Vancouver. Um, so there's these people who are, you know, she's from Egypt, she's Canadian, they're not, they're ex-Muslims, they, you know, 
they have the obviously they have an identity history to the to that cult that religion and everything but they're coming on criticizing you know the religion for example but it's like when what what do you determine is islamophobic right or so and again motion is just motion it's not a bill uh, we already have hate 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 crime law in Ontario. Like, there's already legislation in place. And I'm not an alarmist. Like, I don't get afraid of, like, oh, they're going to lock me in jail if I say I don't like a religion or something. I'm not that. But I do see the point in saying, let's not bog ourselves down with all this llama, llama phobia. Yeah. They're scary too. Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta be able to openly criticize things, but but we already have hate hate crimes uh, laws. So if someone is is saying we should kill Muslims, because, okay, well relax, like relax. All of put that, that guy any, that guy will get the book thrown at him if he's any of that is over the top. Like it's all over the top. It doesn't need to happen. I just think these guys like Chris Biddle. Shout out Chris Biddle, the Liberal uh, MP for St. Catharines, got some funding for the uh, totem pole park. Did he? Yeah, from Fantastic. the feds. 400,000. Wow. I mean, serious total. It's close polls. to the red light district, so over the years you've had, you know, kind of the red light districtification. Districtification. Right, right. It's made that term up, but... Uh, I'll run with it. Yeah, so now you know, that's good. That's the MP's job, I think, right? Get some federal funding for some local stuff. For the most part. Hopefully, yeah. Once they get with all this partisan stuff, though, I get freaked out. I'm like, why? why? We get it. Don't be mean to people. We get it. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I think I think that should just be. It's a given. Like, We're everyone, Canadians. Everyone should mean. be like that, yeah. You know, and then they say, "Well, hate crime, hate crimes on the rise." Or what about the guy in the mosque in in Quebec? You know, we got to protect against this stuff. But I don't know. Does the legislation really protect against these crazies? Like, or are they just going to do it regardless? Well, I, I don't I think, know. I think there's always been crazies. I mean, doesn't necessarily need to be like a Muslim guy. There was always people getting shot up. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't have like the internet telling us everything that happened, so maybe we just didn't know. That's maybe the there was too. always crazy people like right beside us, and we were just like, "Oh, it seems like yeah. a nice guy to me." Hey, there's more crazy people back in the day than there is nowadays, probably in the Roman times, the Greek times, and they used to used to crucify people. I've I've heard in the this. Roman times. I've heard this. That's a terrible way to die. That would suck. I would imagine. They didn't have any respect no. for other human beings. <laughs> Heads on spikes and stuff. Did they have graphic design in the Roman times? When, graphic design, does that go back? Well, they're to, working on like building letters at that point, right? Like building letters. They like, were making type. They were making, they were making type. Making True. Language. And obviously, architecture was a type of design that was, probably goes back. Maybe the architecture arts, is one yeah, of the oldest all... types of design. I mean, I know you have the cave paintings. For as far as art goes, I know you go back to the cave paintings. But when did actual design come into play? Did it have why to why to like? Cave paintings and things were always a an issue with me. Like I was just considered it like a form of communication. Mm-hmm. I didn't really consider it art. Sure, like it's just like a bowl and a stick guy. I'm like they're telling you, they're trying to convey information to you, right? That's visual. They didn't have language to write, so you draw a picture of it. That would make sense. Um, so would you have to wait till the printing press came around to have design, like posters and stuff? Or or there was forms of design? No, I mean, if you're going to go there, then there's they accredit it to Gutenberg with his Bible. Mm-hmm. But really in Asia, I think they did it long before that. Okay. So he popularized uh, he did it, printing, but they had printing. They had local printing stuff going on in, in Asia. Yeah, mo- 
most of it happened in Asia first. Just like everything. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, I think they were doing it out of like really expensive materials like brass and stuff. It mm. just wasn't economical to do. And then they also did it with like porcelain little tiles. They had like different forms didn't... of relief and stuff, right? Like yeah. embossing or all that kind of stuff. Engraving. Well, that's how embossing. it would have worked. It would have all been like surface printing like that. Right. Like the Shroud of Turin? Yeah. That? Of, yeah. The, the, the image of Jesus burned into it or something? Uh, it's a fake. Maybe. Or maybe it's real. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> they should give that to some graphic designers to test. Not not these religious scholars behind closed doors. Let some graphic designers see if that's uh, that yeah. print, that print is real. Tell if it's actual real. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Where does the where does the any cool points in the baseball history that intersect with design? Um. Well, I mean, all of it, especially now, Logos. it's all about like marketing. Is really, it? yeah. Like baseball. what, like shirts and hats and stuff? Yeah, I mean, if you can get your stuff out, the more stuff you can sell, the better, right? It's a business, like everything else. Yeah. I mean, there's no way those guys are just making like eight mil a year because we've... Yeah, it's all about sponsorships and whatnot. Yeah, there's a lot of corporate business behind it, but I mean, the design has always been there. They've always had logos and uniforms and whatnot, so... Mm-hmm. What's your favorite... Uh, well, your team is Red Sox, right? Boston, yeah. It's your favorite logo, too? Well, I would say, yeah. Just classic. It's been the same for like. Um, sorry, what is is it the is it the B? Is yeah, it a B for the baseball. Oh. Yeah, they've got like a, a B. Wait, Oscars but that's the Bruins it. too. It's a B. Is that all they think of? No, that's different. It's slightly different. That's different. Oh, it's that's a different, different B? B. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different B. Come on. Okay. What other teams does Boston have? Red Sox, uh, Bruins, Celtics. Oh yeah, Celtics. Right. I'm not really a basketball is that also guy. Also a B. So, no. It's an Irish guy. They've got like a dude, right? Fighting Irish guy. I think something like that. Hmm. What is that called? A pictograph? We'll call it that. Char- character? Probably more of that. Did the same guy design all Mascot? three logos? I No. No? No, no, no who like designed them Drastically different times. Um, no, not offhand. Do you have any favorite design? Do you, I'm not a guy that can like name a designer that I like. You know what I mean? Do you have like guys that you call them by their last name? Like, like that famous I would refer guys to and would, just like yeah. throw their name out. Yeah. I mean, you have some that you kind of lean towards. Like, I've always liked like Eric Speakerman stuff. Okay. What's he from? Uh, a weird German dude. Oh, okay. Like old school guy? Yeah. He's like little... Wait, I'm going to write him down. Yeah. I'm going to write him down. Eric Speakerman. Check him out. Eric Speakerman. Yeah. See, I learned things from this podcast... Get people to tell me stuff, and I write it down. Yeah, he's great. I've actually seen him talk a couple times. I went and seen him at the uh, Type Conference in Buffalo. Okay. A couple years. I went with Greg, actually. Cool. And we went, and I wanted to go basically to hear him talk and uh, Ken Barber from House Industries. They do a lot of, like, more, like, hand lettering things and stuff like that. Okay. But I showed up early because I didn't want to buy the whole weekend pass, so I had to go talk to this guy from from the typography council that get like a one-day pass the typography council is this a cabal like the well, illuminati there's, there's oh yeah this is it's a big deal yeah secret they're trying to influence global politics it, with type yeah, it's mm-hmm. huge yeah so i went in and they were trying to figure out how to lock like the little striker on a door to keep it from latching okay in this like conference center in buffalo and i'm like standing there and they're like trying to tape it and i'm like well this is like duct tape or something the red and green style yeah, and I could hear, like, over my shoulder, someone with, like, a heavy German accent making, like, bad, like, grandpa jokes about duct tape. 
And he's like, duct tape, van, I was a docks. And I was, that was a bad German <laughs> accent. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, and I turned around and I was just like, what the? And I was like, oh, it's Eric Speakerman. Wow. And did and you then, say, did you talk to him? Well, I, I was like, ha, 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 ducks. You mean you, you, in, you added extra laughs so that he would think he was funnier than he is? Yeah, or, totally. Yeah. To, well, it was not funny at all, but <laughs> I totally laughed. And then later on in the day, he had, uh, there was free coffee. Oh, is that, mean, you're right up your alley. Yeah, it was like Starbucks too, like high end, high end coffee. So I was plowing down as much yeah. of this coffee as I can get. Yeah, because I'm like, this is free. Like this is great. Like trying to pour it and shaking it out and stuff. <laughs> and he was standing beside me again, and he's like, "Oh, you drink coffee?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. Like I love coffee." And he's like, "Coffee's for proletariats. I drink tea." And I was like, "Oh, dang." I meant no, I don't. Well, I was already like halfway right, sipping right, right. it, and I was like, "Damn." That's awesome. But I don't like tea, Eric. Um, I'm going to check out his stuff. It's fantastic. He did meta design, a whole bunch of fonts. Cool. Meta was a big font. One of the first, like, real good digital I think I know the name. I know of it. Meta and Officina, both. What's your favorite font to use? Or what do you use lately if you have to? Do you do a lot of typesetting stuff at all, or just mostly graphical stuff? Yeah, I do, like, both, right? But, I mean... Do you have go-to fonts, or are you the type? Are you do you really have a process where you pick the the best font for the job, sort of thing? Like, like I'm like lazy designers will just kind of go to their go-to fonts, right? Yeah, I that. mean, you have you have a little like pile that you use all like, the time. Like, hey, if I right? want a bold font, I'm gonna go to Novento or whatever the thing is, Sans this and that, or yeah. And I mean, you get used to like how they're actually gonna reproduce, so you yeah. know what sizes are gonna work with different True. fonts. So you stick to the same ones. No Helvetica though. Uh, I, I use Helvetica. Out? I don't really use it that often. I'd rather use like universe over Helvetica. Mm, there you go. Myself. Are you, would you punch me if I was in your class and I used Arial bold? Uh, no, but I would probably sit you down. And I'd say like, like a positive reinforcement first. So I'd say like, those are dope headphones. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I would say, this is horrible. We should change this. <laughs> what Arial bold is like so close to Helvetica. I mean, yeah, that's like arguably, a, but uh, the dimensions are like it's just bad. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. It's, it's just too recognizable as Arial Bold. Like if Arial Bold was not a font, and I just came up with it, you'd say it was a good font, right? Uh, I would say we we need to work on the proportions a little bit. <laughs> okay, so but it, could it be compared to like pop music and how it's it's good, but it, because it's overplayed. Or like Phil Collins, he's great, but because they play it constantly, people are like, yeah, I don't like that. Is there uh, some sort of comparison there at all? Well, I don't know if I'd push it to, like, Phil Collins' level. So Ariel Bold is not Phil Collins. No. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. No. I mean, it's no Phil Collins, but, you know, it's... It's, it's like, like a, a sting. No, it's like a lower-end Phil Collins. Like a, like like a, a, it's like a Phil Collins tribute uh, band. Oh, it's um, Bono. Bono. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Bono. I don't know if I've told Where you this I? before. If you've seen him do Where the Streets Have No Name live, though, it's pretty good when he does, like, the like run around and say... That intro and stuff, like I think uh, Edge is what makes you too. Bono, bleh. yeah, I don't know. These days, I don't know what it is about them that irritate. Well, I well, know well it is, here's but... the thing, though. This is what I'm saying is that U2 is probably way more overplayed than any other band. I Maybe. think that might partially be why I hate them. That's what I mean. I think there's an aspect to that where, like, Ariel Bold, like maybe the proportions are kind of off, but it's. Pretty like it's useful in a lot of cases. Well, it's a Windows. Like it was made for Windows. Right? Was it? Uh, yeah. Was Times New Roman also made for Windows? Yeah. 
those few fonts. Well, it was just... before that, but I mean the digital version. Like what about Calibri and all those? So like the default fonts that Windows comes with, for example. Let's say you're back in Windows 95 and you yeah, got a Calibri lot of them were made specifically. I think like Matthew Carter had a big hand in a lot of that. Who's that? Uh, he's a weird Lynn? type guy, British guy. He's actually like well, at the time, he was like he's one of the only designers that have worked from like carving and like metal to digital. So he comes from the old school. He knows the old ways. Yeah, he did it all. So uh, I was watching. He does like a, a commentary over like a a pretty decent documentary that like Carl Dare shot when he was in. Okay. So I mean, because he also studied there, but it was uh, I don't know. He's comes across mostly as kind of like a like a pompous British guy, right? Like, oh, okay. When you hear him. Mm. I was, he was supposed to talk also, I think, at that conference, but he was not there. He sent his, like, assistant or something. Oh, one of those guys. Yeah. Doesn't even go to the awards ceremony. He just sends some guy to go up and get the award. Yeah, I think he was... Well, he was probably... He was pretty old. He's probably... <laughs> oh. But he, I think he was more like, yeah, Buffalo, I don't think so. Huh. Yeah. And whereas, like, I went there with Greg, and I can tell you, like, there was a place right next door that had probably the best hot dogs ever. Really? Buffalo yeah. hot dogs? Yeah, it was, like, Texas, Texas Grill or something. We were like, Texas Grill? Let's check it out because I thought like Texas Grill, like a like some kind of like steak taco or something, but it was some hot dogs, brisket or something, just hot dogs. Yeah, and they did hot dogs. They ran out of foot long hot dogs, so we got two small hot dogs instead. They have a place called Graffiti Hot Dogs downtown now here in St. Catharines. I've I don't heard. Know, this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'll is maybe it I'll like, go check it out. Is it more like gourmet hot dogs? I don't I think it's just. I'm not sure. Is it maybe just regular hot dogs? But like I, somebody told me they do the mustard and graffiti. Or I don't know what the significance is of graffiti hot dogs. It's, it's pretty extreme if they do like graffiti on the hot That'd dog. That'd be cool. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll stop talking shit about them. I'll go check them out and then I'll uh, I'll uh, shout them out. On the like they could have like maybe like a little airbrush that sprays like mustard. Maybe I don't know. There's all Those these crazy ideas sound. out here. Vegan this, vegan that, gluten free this. Yeah, I survive on like coffee, meat, and cheese, so I don't. The three basic uh, ingredients of uh, that's a delicate balance. That's the pyramid now. They have to change the pyramid. It's a delicate balance. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's just a staircase now. Yeah, yeah. Mostly like two steps because you don't want to go any further than that. But cool. Well, uh, hey, thanks for doing the show. Thank you for having me. This was great. very insightful, and I'm going to look up some of those designs. I'm going to listen back to this. I'm going to check out all those designers. And I'm going to try and live up to their 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 snobbish snobbishness. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they did a lot of great things. I mean, I guess they've earned the right to be snooty, but yeah, it's like uh, Kanye West said. Uh, I I did. A, I said uh, I did a little bit of college. Uh, something. I got the right to be a little bit snobbish. I don't know. I screwed was up the like line. A, was, was that a rap? Like that. Was that some a, sort of was rap. A rap? That yeah. was good. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I'll, you know what? For the listeners, I'll go and cut that part of the song, put it in here, just so they know. It's it's actually good. I just messed it up. Oh, well, it can't be bad. It can't be bad. It's Kanye West. I mean, Kanye. I mean, I want to say I hate him, but I'm like, ah. Oh. He's hard. To, he's hard. To, he's easy to hate sometimes. Well, for me, he's hard to hate. But I could see how he's easy to hate for certain people. Yeah, like I want to. But again, that's like a. Maybe like more of like a popularity thing. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to like thing. him. I don't want to like thing, him, man. It's Ariel Bold. Yeah, well, he's more. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. I would say he's like an Ariel Bold. Okay. Like the narrow version. 
Narrow aerial bull. Yeah, the there gross one. I like that. That's a good. That's a good note to finish on. He's Kanye going, the aerial bold, The narrow aerial bold of hip hop. Yeah, he's like an aerial bold. I'm more like a vague rounded. Okay. Okay. Which is like it. hot dogs of fonts. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, the coffee's done. The podcast is done. It's all done. Amazing. Anybody? Has you got a Twitter link or anything like that? Instagram? Uh, I do not have an Instagram. My colleague Gary Baldinki does. Oh, yes. I've heard of this guy. <laughs> Gary Baldinki. Look him up on Instagram. He handles all of my yeah. internet affairs. His, your people can get in contact with him, and that will be Pete's people, and then indirectly you can perhaps contact Pete. Exactly. All right. Well, that's it, folks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.